What's going on, everybody, into the 29th installment of the Dogs Football Podcast. Here we are on this Friday, October 29th, fresh off the bye week, looking to play once again, and we do tomorrow. I'm your host, Nick Malone, joined by Noah Lurch. Noah, it's, it's good to be off this bye and ready to play again. Yeah, it's great. Um, we, I'm sure our players got some good rest that was much needed, uh, and uh, got some get, got some healthy guys. We know we get, we get Avante Cox back, so that's big for us. And uh, got some also bad news throughout that. But hey, we're ready. We're back. We're back. Get, get going again. Get on a roll another time. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Devonte because we did not mention it uh, on the previous pod on Monday. And that's definitely something to uh, discuss with your All American coming back. So it'll be great to have him. And it looks like no other team. Arrive smooth flight to water to Waterloo before they head out to uh, Cedar Falls for the game tomorrow. We had a feeling though we were actually playing golf yesterday, and there was a, we obviously lived near the Williamson County Airport. We were we lived by it, and we were playing by it at the time, and we heard a huge plane noise, and we honestly don't really hear them like that. It seems like, and this is a big jet the team flew on, so we're thinking we we heard and maybe saw their saw their plane yesterday. Yeah, I went going yeah, home. Buy, yeah, right? going going home by the airport. I seen a big old jet, and I, f- I figured that's our plane. Uh, maybe not. So uh, wouldn't don't know what other flights like that size fly out of Williamson County, but uh, that was a big one. Yeah, and we were calling uh, North Dakota. We saw their uh, their plane leave Carbondale a couple weeks ago, and theirs was huge too. So it's good to see the guys arriving safe and sound. We are number three this week, as we've talked about before. You and I is number 16. We will take a deep dive into them. They are four and three on the season, but they're obviously good, as we know, so it'll be a tough test. This is the first time we have been ranked in the top five in three consecutive weeks in 11 years, Noah. Our six and one uh, overall start four on conference marked the best since 2009. We know that was an important season. Before we get into all that, Noah, I say we kick off. Uh, talking about our commits. And obviously, like we said, they're ramping up towards playoff uh, action. What, what's the status on all our guys? Yeah, we got a uh, – it is officially playoff season districts for all of our guys. They do districts in Missouri and our one Georgia guy. They don't go right into playoffs like we do in Illinois. So uh, starting with uh, Charles Young, since he's the first one I got pulled up here, um, his team gets a bye, so they will not play till next week. I believe that'd be November fifth. So next Friday night, they get the winner of St. Francis Borgia and Herman. So that game's played tonight. So probably a much needed break for those guys. So Charles Young, best of luck to him next week. We'll update you on who he plays. Then our boy Jamie Lansing, um, they do not get a buy. They're the two seed in their district, though. Um, they're at home hosting a, the seven seed Rittenauer tonight at 6 p.m. So uh, uh, Jamie sent us a leak, so we may tune into that, see how our boy's doing, how they look. So best of luck, Jimmy, tonight. Um, our Lutheran North boys, Brian Brown and Jalen Banks, and uh, – Hopefully a couple of others off that team, but uh, they also get a buy, so they will not have action till next week. They get Orchard Farm or um, Winfield slash Ellsbury, so they are getting a, another a buy as well. 
Um, Lee Summit North, our newest guy, Trey Baker, they are the one seed in their district. Um, they play in Class 6. That's the biggest class in Missouri. Um, they are at home tonight against the eight-seed Ozark. So um, best of luck to our newest commit, Trey Baker. Trey Baker facing off with uh, against Marty Bird. Yeah, our favorite, one of our favorite shows. So uh, good luck to Trey. Hopefully they then then Connor Lair. Um, they also got to buy. So a lot of success in the pl- in the in the regular season for a lot of our commits. It looks like so. They're, they get the winner of Logan Rogersville and or Marsh Marshfield. So get get some rest, boys, at West Plains, so you can get a victory next week. Um, our boy Ryan Schwindeman and St. Dominic, they're hosting Riverview Gardens, who uh, I played in basketball when I was in high school, so I know I'm familiar with that school. So um, that's tonight. So best of luck to Ryan and his teammates tonight against them then going down to georgia i believe districts start down there as well so uh, tough test for cherokee tonight and our boy ryan they're on the road at the number one seed i believe seven and one milton so best of luck to him tonight or that's next week sorry that is next week so we'll mention that again next week but regional region start so they get a week off before region so that's next week so that is a update on our commits. It is full-time, winner-go-home time for all our guys. Some guys get a buy, and some have to do it the do it a harder way. So best of luck to them. Uh, we'll keep you updated how they do, and um, we'll tune in next week see how they did. Hopefully they can continue on, <clears throat> continue on and bring home some hardware. Yeah, and you mentioned Shanley. He tweeted earlier, let's get it, boys, when he quoted the tweet about the smooth flight to Waterloo that the main account made. So, yeah, and he, we talked about that, you know, his team, he's in Georgia, he plays a lot of great teams, teams that have had Trevor Lawrence. So it'll be tough for Ryan. So she goes, and you said Trey Baker, who's in class 6A. That's that's impressive. I mean, that's almost as big as it gets around. I mean, what's what's Marion? Uh, five. Local five. And we know they play good teams when they get to the playoff. And we talked about how, uh, you know, obviously as the playoffs go on and we have our home game next week, maybe the crowds won't be as whatever for even around here. So hoping that's not the case, especially if we could pull off this win tomorrow. So yeah, good luck to all our guys for sure. Now, no, let's segue into not only our game, which is the only uh, ranked FCS game this week. Uh, what's the other games around the Valley and the FCS? Yeah, we're getting right into full force of Valley play. Um, we know we, us in North Dakota State, the Bison, are the only unbeaten teams left in the Valley in conference play. But uh, South Dakota State goes on the road at Youngstown. South Dakota State coming off a tough loss to the UNI team we do play this week. So um, Jackrabbits are banged up. Um, they're sitting at 5-2. and two, But we know Youngstown is maybe sometimes a tough place to play, so we'll see what happens. But... Um, I'm sure the Jackrabbits will bounce back and probably win big against the Penguins. Um, North Dakota, who's uh, probably almost eliminated now from the playoffs, but they're three and four going on the road at Missouri State. Um, both teams are pretty much playing for their their playoff hopes at this point. Um, a loss for either of them really hurt. I think Missouri State would be fine because they got if they win this ball game to improve to five and three. Then Indiana State's going on the road to the Fargo Dome. That that won't even be close. 
And Illinois State's going on the road to Western Illinois, so we'll see what happens there. Expect Illinois State since they went at South Dakota last week and got a win, and South Dakota has a bye this week, so. Um, not a lot of great games, it looks like. Yeah, not a lot of great games beside us, and um, North Dakota Missouri State should be interesting. Um, North, Dakota State, North Dakota is pretty much almost probably eliminated, but this would be a big key win if they can win out somehow, but they got a tough road ahead. Yeah, Illinois State and Western, or yeah, Illinois State and Western Illinois. That's an interesting game. Teams that are out of it, but teams that we know we face this year and put up good fights for the most part. So some games just to tune into, but nothing, yeah, with stakes attached to it, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, what about around the whole other FCS? Yeah, like you said, we're the only – we're the only ranked matchup of the week, so not going around much. But uh, Villanova is hosting William and Mary. William and Mary's five and two, so uh, that's a key matchup to watch. Um, looking at teams we played, Dayton hasn't done much. They are three and four, so haven't done much since we played them. So they're hosting Butler, who's two and six. Then um, getting to other teams we played, looking at Semo, who's Two and six, and uh, the OVC as a whole is just pitiful, and it's terrible. Who is Simo beat? Um, if, if you just had it in front of you, or if you knew. In off general. the top of my head, I think they. Um, Obviously, Austin P. Are, yeah. I think they won at Austin P. And they beat Tennessee State and Eddie George. So, uh, not gr- not a great. Been a rough year. It's been a rough year overall, and for the OVC as a whole, because. I believe UT Martin's going to run away with that conference, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But, I mean, if you look at it here, um, if they if CMO's 2-1 and one in conference, UT Martin's 2-0, and oh, so they both, if um looks like they play again down the road, it's one of those things. So, if, hey, CMO's still not eliminated from the playoffs being 2-6 because they get that automatic bid. So, um Murray State was picked to win that conference. They're three and four overall, zero and two in the league. So, who knows that two and one Tennessee State and Eddie George in his first year, and Semos two and one, and UT Martin six and one over the year, and two and zero. Oh, so that that just shows you what the OVC is made of. And so we'll see what happens. Yeah, and we know the adversity Semos had to face this year. Not only their non-con was pretty crazy facing Mizzou and Sam Houston, so they kind of you know dug this great for themselves, kind of. But we know, obviously, know that they their home uh, stadium like uh, seating obviously is not going on still. We knew that from the first game that uh, is deemed unsittable or unsafe. So they have gone this whole season with that being the case. So they have faced a lot of adversity. If they make the playoffs, that'd be incredible. So um, yeah, with the con- with we know UT Martin's good. Yeah, if they can ride the ship in that conference and get in, that'd be absolutely remarkable. So. There's those games. We'll keep an eye out. We'll see how all these games turn out on Monday. Uh, now, Noah, because we discussed in the last one, the previous bracketology, because we missed the, that previous Friday. That was 6.0. Let's let's dig into 7.0 from Sam Herter. Yeah, Sam Herter and the guys over at Hero Sports um, doing a great job with the playoff predictions. Interesting read to see how what feedback they give on us and not only the teams around the country. This week, uh, he has us at six. I believe that's what he had us at on. Um, yeah. No, he had at five. We were at five. But, so he's dropped us a, a ton. We were on the left side. Yeah. yeah. Now we're on the right. 
So I believe he says about SIU, he says, SIU is currently undefeated against FCS opponents. The Salukis have a close wins, though, so I see them suffering a loss somewhere in the remaining schedule, whether it's at UNI or versus Missouri State. So That's similar. He said that last week. That was in the last one. Makes yeah, a lot of a lot of um, listening to FCS podcasts and stuff around the country. A lot of people seeing that we we got close wins. Uh, not like not like the South Dakota the South Dakota State game. That's fine with a close win like that. But the others, um, because you see what happens around the valley. A lot of teams are blown out um, inferior opponents. So that's what we should do. But we've not been able to do that because of a lot of mistakes and stuff. So. Um, we got things to prove. If we get a good road win this week, I think he'll have us jumping. But looking at us at the sixth seed, we'd get the winner of Missouri State and UT Martin, who we've just discussed about UT Martin when that OVC, then Missouri State, who we get at home. So that'd be the second. I'd, I, I would take Missouri State in that matchup. So you'd get Missouri State at home for the second time, who we'll see next weekend. So the, the three seed is Villanova. So we'd see Villanova probably, unless there's an upset in the semis, if we get there. Um, interesting, uh, this is a really tough bracket because South Dakota State, we know they've had injuries, but they get a, they get, they're on the road at UC Davis in the first round, then they would have to go to Montana State. Then if they get past that, they would get probably Sam Houston. So that's interesting there. Um, South Dakota State falling out of the top eight seeds is really interesting because that's going to be, a tough first round matchup for whoever lands them because they're going to be pissed off. And if they get any guys back from injury, that's a tough test. But yeah, yeah, they've struggled. And that would be a scary sight having them that low and going through. And Montana State probably wouldn't be too happy about that. Yeah, and UC Davis, you're right. So um, they're one of those teams that obviously can turn it up in these last however many games and get back into the top eight. You never know. Uh, but it's difficult with the amount of losses they have. And yeah, it's one of those, again, where we, we look to see who we would have to go through. And Villanova, I think, is best-case scenario to get to the Final Four out of all the other teams, like Eastern Washington, James Madison, North Dakota State, and Sam Houston. Villanova, we know, is a good team, and that, but that's the the best-case uh, scenario out of the other teams that you want to face to get there, like I said. So we'll be definitely keeping an eye out on where we continue to land. And, yeah, he said about the close games, it's like he's not wrong. Like, yeah, we, we discussed before we came on here, the Western game and the North Dakota game should have got out of hand. They, we started out great in those games, did not finish, did not have great second halves. Uh, you know, there's also something said for how you finish games and the fact that we are able to finish. And, yeah, that South Dakota State game <clears throat> is different than that because, you know, we were whatever underdogs going to that game, obviously, down 20 nothing, come back. I mean, that alone shows – the type of team we are. So it's definitely some faults in terms of you know, how we start, how we finish most games, but definitely the ability to finish, I think has to stick out. So we're rightfully we're number six. It is what it is. And we're number three in the country, number six in here. And now it's based off different things. And this is according to him. So we'll see how that lands. But uh, no, and wasn't it also that Craig Haley tweeted about three weeks from now, they'll be un- unveiling the 24 team, Let's see, three weeks away from the announcement of the 2014 FCS playoff field on Sunday, November 21st. That'll be on ESPNU at 11.30 p.m. or a.m. So that'll be something we'll be definitely keeping an eye on, too. Yeah, that's definitely – that's a um, great time of the year. He said three weeks from today. What was the date? 
November 21st. November 21st. So uh, we're both off that day, luckily. But uh, that's great to hear because we just got a new work schedule. But, yeah, look at this other side of the bracket. Um, if they sneak their way in, Montana, you and I in the first round, that's that's incredible. So uh, then um, Eastern Washington just lost at home to a team that's unranked, Weber State, who's been struggling. So um, that's an – Kind of, I know Eastern Washington has an FBS win this year, so that's probably where they stay up there. And so we'll see. That's a great update. We'll see what after this weekend where we fall if we get a win or where we fall if we get a close loss because if we're going to lose, it's going to be close. and We're not going to get blown out. I agree. And a lot of things can transpire to where anything can happen. We know football can play out that way. And, uh, you know, looking at that same, you know, Sam Herter, he goes off a lot of obviously – you know, it's, it's opinion-based, but it's also based on, obviously, where teams stand and how it actually would be. So that is pretty accurate, and it is pretty accurate day or week by week and how that would actually look. So, And then he also, Craig Haley did that. Sam uh, uh, tweeted about the broadcast info. A lot of games on ESPN Plus and ESPN, the quarterfinals and the semis on ESPN2 and then ESPN2 for the title game in January. So everybody go check that out for the t- dates. Definitely write down those dates keeping up with our dogs so knock on wood there so yeah uh, everybody go check that out if you need to know the dates for that uh so yeah some good stuff about that this week Noah. and then right after we uh read about our last podcast the fcs imperialism week eight came out and we own a big portion of this country obviously by teams that we've beaten and then the teams that we beat who they beat so we own the, the south texas Big time in our area and around the Indianas and all that stuff and up near a little bit of the, the Dakotas. So, no, we want this thing. Obviously, this this happens. The more you win and the more you whatever, that you'll end up growing more of this uh, country. So we're hoping to uh, be on the entire thing when it's all said and done. Absolutely. And I was trying to scroll back and find it. But we do, since we beat South Dakota State and they have an FBS win over Colorado State, we own a portion of Colorado State. Two and um, not sure if they have any other wins, but anytime they win, we would get that section. So I believe we have part of Colorado. So that's awesome. To see, yeah. So we, we're we're hoping to see if that obviously goes our way. The rest of the way out, Eastern, uh, Eastern Washington has a big portion of the center of the country. So we'll be keeping an eye on that every week as well. So now Noah, since we already covered Craig and Sam's things about the updates on that, now let's get into. Some stuff for this week, uh, Branson Combs, who we've been talking about a lot, has was interviewed by Gene Green this week. We know we didn't have one this past week, or maybe even the week before that, I don't recall. So this is the first one in a while, and it's a good interview. Obviously, Branson's you know coming on strong with the uh, ever since Bryson's gone out, and the, obviously the transition he's made, and he talked to Gene a little bit about that, and how you know it's, it's mentioned how because even uh, Jalen DeVries who switch positions and I think at the time when Nick talked about him that obviously in general you know if you want to have snaps and you're not going to get them at certain spots you know you're willing to move and that's what Branson said that you know snaps wise that he was going to get more there than at receiver and it's crazy he was asked to, yeah he was asked to, we think back to the great plays he's made two that stick out he was asked about those two and uh, said which one do you set apart and he really can't he said that he was just in the right place at the right time kind of thing and he honestly at the end said 
generally he, he reiterated that a lot and then said that, you know, that's in the past. So he's looking forward. He, he acknowledges the great plays he's made, some memories he said. So uh, that sticks out. Brent, uh, Noah, we know uh, Brent, or he mentioned uh, Brent's high school career. He caught like 45 receiving touchdowns over in Evansville. So he had a lot of, you know, he said that, you know, obviously the college playing uh, defense in college is different than high school. He said with a bunch of reads and all that stuff, but, no, he wasn't incredible. What, what high school is he from? And so again, rights. Yeah, something. Yeah, that sounds right. And when I worked over there, I lived over there for half a year, and I, you know, for baseball, and there were a lot of baseball teams, and that rights was definitely over there. And I know they're a good school over there. Obviously, they have tons of high schools. So, being that good a receiver coming out, and then having to move, and he's made a seamless transition as we've talked about. So, great interview there with Branson. He will continue to be pivotal the rest of the way. Noah, there was a tweet uh, right after we unleashed our pot again a couple days ago. They tweeted an update on Quay and his status or his uh, where he ranks in career tackles. They said that, yeah, we do have a story tradition of great safeties here. He has 241 tackles going into this week. He passed Ryan Neal, who we wanted to mention, had a good Monday night football game. Not sure the exact stats unless, unless you have that. We know he starts a lot and plays a lot. Right. Had a decent amount of stats. Uh, he passed Ryan on career list and just two shy of Jeremy Chin for the for his career mark. So he's obviously going to get that. And Noah Quay just keeps leaving his legacy. He was in the in the doghouse a couple weeks ago or this past week too. So uh, Quay will be. Um, I keep saying it's a cliche, a pivotal the rest of the way. But Noah, he's the epitome of that. Absolutely. Um, so glad he decided. He, on that uh, in the dog as he talked about entering the portal and stuff and we we're so grateful to have him back and uh, yeah in passing Ryan Neal's pretty pretty good mark on the list um, I believe off the top of my head Ryan had two tackles Monday night since you said something about him and uh, yeah he's too shy of getting to Jeremy which is crazy to think about how close he is to Jeremy so yeah, I'm sure um, he's guaranteed to break it this week. He's not going to make us wait like Anthony Knighton has on breaking a record. So, uh, yeah, hopefully they both break it this week. There'll be records broken this week. Yeah, Quay seems uh, definitely confident and self-aware and where he stands all the time, I think. So he'll, he knows that because obviously they tagged him in that tweet. I think he retweeted it. So he knows. He'll be he'll be searching after. Hopefully he doesn't force stuff. We know he will get the job done and then – he actually tweeted no a couple of days ago. We we saw he said mind on a championship, and that's all that matters to him and a lot of these guys. So hopefully, obviously we can get that done for these seniors. Uh, Noah and then Damon Jones sat down with Mike. We know Randall Falker did a lot of you know, all the inductees did. Damon Jones in his great career, he was on the SA's All Century team as we know, five year pro, third in receiving yards and fifth in receptions. He sat down with Mike. Everybody go check out that interview. It's a really good interview. I bet it was. Talking about how he came. Uh, he actually was a transfer from Michigan. He was one of the first uh, bigger school guys to come down to SIU, and it's a great interview how he came down here. And uh, he played at 6'6", 280 down here. And he was, he, he was the biggest guy on the team. So great interview. Go check that out. Yes. Uh, we uh... – and it's unfortunate because we did mention him a couple of pods ago about because we talked about Michael a lot. We didn't talk about Damon Jones a lot. So shout out to the two, arguably the two greatest tight ends in SIU history. So, you know, let's jump in now this this preview for the Panthers. Uh, as, as I said, they are number 16 in the country. 
Uh, in terms of our season, our series against them in the past, they lead it 20 to 17, and it's been home centric for us. We are 13 and six versus them in Carbondale, and four and 14 versus them in Cedar Falls. So we're looking to get off the schneid there a little bit. And we understand, though, remember we the last game we had against them last year was that one where they missed the field goal, a crazy game. Stone uh, had a big pass to Jerron for that touchdown, nine minutes left, and obviously it played out from there. But uh, a big game last year. And obviously we know it's different in the Dome. You know, people talk about even Branson was asked in the interview about playing there and how different it is playing in a Dome than outside. And he said it's just whatever you make of it uh, kind of thing. So... And Nick Hill apparently preached to the players that it'll be obviously louder here at being in a dome. We know how loud Kansas State was, but he said it'll be louder here than, than it was at Kansas State. We were there, so we know how that was. So, Noah, let's let's dig into – I'll get some more stats in here, but let's go into their personnel. We know they got some good ones. Yeah, starting with their coach, Mark Farley, who's been there since he played there. Then I think he took over the head coaching job in 2001. So uh, he's been there a long time. He's had great success there. It's kind of like their basketball program. They have had a coach for forever. So uh, they were picked, uh, getting the pick, they were picked fifth in the Valley preseason. Um, They had a preseason first team. They had Jared Brinkman, the defensive player of the year in the Valley last last year, Um, defensive lineman. Then they have the MVC defensive player of the week, linebacker Spencer Covalier. He was on first team as well, along with place cooker Matt Cook. He is a really – he hit two two from 50-plus last week in the wind at South Dakota State. That's the first time since 2009 someone's hit two-plus – two 50-plus two field goals in the same game wow. in the Valley. So, uh, they it have – It might happen again. That's if it comes down to it, uh, a field goal, they got all the confidence in the world. They actually lined up to punt the ball – but they called a timeout, and he asked him, and he said, Coach, I can do it. So he did it. That's great. Then uh, another guy uh, to watch out for, he has a second-round grade in the NFL draft on him right now. That's offensive tackle Trevor Penning. Um, he's a beast, and they have DB. No, Kuyper had him sort of cut you off, had him in the top ten of best available currently in the NFL draft. So that's saying something. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, defensively on the second team, Omar Brown, a DB. Austin Evans, a DB. Then they had all-purpose guy Dion McShane. Then also uh, running back Tyler Hoosman. It was on the honorable mention along with Isaiah Weston, who's a stud wide receiver. And they had Benny Sapped, another DB, on the honorable mentions. So they're led by a lot of guys. Um, they're actually they're starting the year. Their quarterback has transferred. He's entered the portal. But they are now led by Michigan State transfer Theo Day. Um, so... They have uh, Isaiah Weston, I just mentioned. He's holding five TD catches this season. He's a big playmaker. So they have a lot. They, have a, they like to run the ball too, So, but the, he's a big play machine in Isaiah Weston. So P.J. Jules, go get him. That's all you. Then also defensively, this is the probably the best defense you'll see all year. They have the best defensive player in the country FCS-wise. Um, they've turn, they've uh, forced 18 turnovers in – in the season so far, leading the Valley in third in the nation. So um, week one against Sac State, who's a, an eight seed in. And recent bracketology, they forced six turnovers in. So um, they bring all starters back from last year. And uh, so this is a tough football team. And, yeah, they're, you look at their record and you say, oh, f- oh, four and three, but two and two in the Valley. But this is this is what 
they've done. This is what United does. They have a roller coaster of the season, but they sneak in the playoffs and they always find a way to the quarterfinals, the semis. This is what they do, but this is the best defense you'll see all year. Without a doubt. So it's going to be one of those games, one of those games you have to execute and you can rely on your defense as well. But if you can score, obviously, and get down the field on their defense, you'll be looking good. And we know, you know, obviously, we either start slow and slow, vice versa. Hopefully, we can play a quality game from here on out. You mentioned Weston and their receiving core. Mike had a tweet that say it could be a big passing game. Our seven wide receivers with 10-plus catches and 10-plus yards catch per play. For us, you and I has three. Weston, you mentioned Hampton and McShane. Or seven total. We have four. They have three with, obviously, the return of Avante. So, and you mentioned Ties has 10 uh, yards per reception. So, definitely going to see a lot of – and that's why you mentioned P.J. having a good game, yes. And David Miller, you're going to have to because we've said before about 90% of the games we've played this year, we've played – it might be even bigger than that. We've played against running teams. So, you know, this is maybe the first – you said they can run the ball definitely, but this is a game where we think we're definitely going to – have to rush the pat or uh, yeah, rush the passer, get to him a little bit, uh, you know, force pressure on the pocket, and obviously yeah, stand pat back there in the secondary. It's gonna be it's gonna be one of those games, like I said. So some more, and you mentioned yeah, he's been there for twenty years. I mean that's that's every bit of that's every bit of you know longevity. So yeah, something to keep an eye out there. And then you mentioned field goals that will come into play. It has this season. That's a great – and even Nico. We're hoping Nico can hit well inside a dome. He hasn't done it yet this year, but he has in his career, so we'll see how that can go. And then uh, you mentioned – yeah, we mentioned their tackle. That's in the top ten. We know Spencer Brown is the starting right tackle for – Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills. So he's on a great team in the NFL doing good. So that they're an offensive tackle factory. So – Definitely have a lot of play, a lot of good players on this team. Noah, some more stats here, but we we've never won consecutive games at the UNI Dome. Uh, our our first game in the UN, at UNI. Uh, this is our first game at UNI since in five years, and we lost forty two to twenty one. Uh, and our last win there was a twenty four to seventeen overtime victory eight years ago, October 12, twenty thirteen, and uh, Coach Hill. He set the then SIU one-game passing record when he passed for 436 in an 0-7 loss at UNI, and he and Nick Baker, who broke the record against uh, SEMO. So they hold tight with a couple records there. It's worth noting here, Noah, we are 7-2 and two in our last nine games, which ranked opponents, and those seven wins are against the number 1, 2, 3, 4, 15, 22, and 25. Uh, and we are – that's an F – Missouri Valley Football Conference best, 12-5 and five over our last 17 games, 17-5 and five in the last 22 versus FCS opponents, 41-12 and 12 lifetime when ranked in the top five, and we're one and two following bye weeks under coach Nick Hill. So definitely, like we said, a lot to factor into this game. It's going to be – we've talked about games of the year so far. This could be the most interesting in terms of how it could play out in multiple ways and, you know, certain strengths of teams, vice versa. We do get Avante back. That'll, I mean, it, overall, it's going to be one of those games. And uh, some quotes here, Noah, before that, when he obviously from the bye week, he mentioned Coach Farley is a great team, always does. Physical, tough, playing in the Dome is always a tough place to play, but also a place that I look forward to playing in. It's a place you always remember playing in and excited to play in. Uh, and then, obviously, we, he got into the uh, – obviously, he mentioned Northern Iowa season. They're a few drives away from being undefeated. And they go out on the road. It's never easy going out to California. And they completely handled Sacramento State, who's a playoff team. So 
they definitely, yeah, they've had some schneids this year, but they're definitely a quality team. So uh, anything else you want to add here before we get into our picks? Yeah, uh, like Nick Hill said, this team's a few plays away from being undefeated. They went on the road week one at a top 10 team in Iowa State and the FBS, and they took it to them, should have won the game in Ames, Iowa. So that's always a thing to see. Then they went at Fargo. And um, they lost at home last time at home against South Dakota. So, uh, yeah, this is a tough football team. This is the best defense we'll see all year. In my opinion, they always do have a great defense. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. Let's get into these picks. Yeah, just thinking about if definitely if, if we were ever confident in our offense going into the season at certain certain points, and we, we know we've seen great stuff, that this is the game to do it and definitely make a statement. So, yeah, let's get into these picks. Obviously, again, we don't know. You said the other day, is there a spread for this game out yet? I do have a spread and a over-under. Wow, so maybe the first one all season we've actually had it beforehand, the day before. So, what is it? Uh, let's get into it. The spread, we are on the road. We are a five-and-a-half-point favorite, and the over-under is 55 points. Seems like one of those we mentioned, the great defense and the ability of the noise to factor in a lot of reasoning and we know we have quality defense too seems like we'd be leaning towards because us my, us five and a half point favorites on the road in a place like that it almost screams plus five and a half doesn't it yeah it's, now, i know we mentioned that the other day or you mentioned that the other day plus five and a half seems interesting to pick obviously it's one of those things where we pick these just to be right but obviously we'd like to minus at five and a half we'd like to have a decent margin of victory uh, but I think I'm liking the under of 55 and a half. What about you? Yeah, the under at 55 is a no-brainer in my opinion. And what are you picking at five and a half, plus or minus? I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and take the minus. I trust this football team. They got plenty of guys, and I think uh, getting Avante backs a big key. So uh, Nick Baker gets his favorite target back, and we know what Landon's doing. We know what Isaiah's doing, and. Uh, so I'm going to trust this team. So I'm going to go with the five, minus five and a half. It's interesting because that five and a half is more than the total points we've won by the last three weeks. So, yeah, we play those types of games, and this is – you and I obviously is capable of having a game like this again. I'm not going to take plus five and a half, even though it seems like a gut feeling. Uh, but to be different, I guess I will just to do whatever. So obviously that means we can still win. We just have to win within that – uh, and obviously they have a chance to win with that pick as well. So I'll go plus five and a half in the under. You'll go minus five and a half in the under as well. Noah, some dogs. Let's let's pick our dogs of the game. Uh, this seems like a primetime game to pick some good ones. I'll start out. We'll start with offense. I will go with Avante because if, if he's ready to play, that means he's ready to go. In general, if he has a nice game, his first game back, that just screams dog of the game. Win or lose, it seems like. You know, obviously we haven't had we had the Kansas State loss. That was one of those we didn't have. We had expectations to win, but it was one of those that we didn't, you know, treat it like a loss. And we haven't lost otherwise this year. So we'll see how that would play out. How we would pick that after a loss. But I'll go with Avante if he can build off coming off injury, missing the last two or so weeks, two and a half weeks. He's my pick. What about yours? My pick is. Uh... An unusual one, but I'm going with him. It's our it's our fearless leader, Xavion Furcon. He's got to deal with Jared Brinkman in the trenches. So I'm going with it starts up front with Xavion Furcon. It's a really good point. We know that obviously we were without Calvin Francis. Jimmy Wormsley will have to step up in that regard too. 
when we recall on Monday when we discussed uh, Todd asking Nick about double teaming Brinkman, and that seems that's definitely not going to happen with because they had other quality defensive linemen too. So that's a great pick. Our offensive line has to step up, protect our quarterback, and Nick's got to do his you know his part in that regard as well. So what about defense? Go defense. Mentioned him earlier. It's his day. Got to shut down that Isaiah Weston. So PJ Jules. You're going with PJ Jules. I will go with the guy opposite of him. I will go David Miller because he has been thrown at this year. He struggled. This is the prime time game to snap out of that because they will throw the ball. So definitely, I think it's rightfully so that our two picks are our starting cornerbacks. What about special teams? Um, it's going to be a dogfight of a game. So it's going to end up. With Jack, it's going to be field, flipping that field position, position, field position battle. So it's going to be an ugly game. I have a feeling. So I will go with Jack. It's a great pick, and I will go with Nico because you, we talked about their kicker kicking fifty-something yarders in big-time, you know, game situations. And now that obviously Nico gets in a dome, who knows how far he can kick it? Obviously, it thinks you think that if we get if we can get in their territory and they and they stunt us because they have such a good defense that I think Nico will get a lot of prime opportunities. So we'll be relying on our two big legs in this game. So no final score predictions. I got a win of 28-17. That equates to 45 points. So definitely the under there and the minus five and a half. I will go, I will go with a score of 24 to 21. That is also 45 points. That is a three-point. That that hits both of our overs and unders and the under and our spreads. So those are decent picks. Write those down. What are our records this season again? Um, I am 11-3. and three, You're 10-4. Okay. So like we said, it's one of those games that we don't really uh, you know, care about our record to an extent. We want us to win regardless. So some other stats I wanted to point out of the stats going into this game. On average, we score about 19.6 more points than you and I allow. They allow 18.1, and we score 37.7. Our offense holds a 125.9 yard advantage in yards per game versus yards allowed by the Panthers' defense this year, 436.9 to 311. The Panthers' defense has given up 103 yards per game to opposing running backs this season. That is 62 fewer than than we have gained than we have gained running the football, 166. And this season, the Panthers have forced 13 turnovers. That is compared to only 11 times that we have forced turnovers or turned it over ourselves. So a lot of things on the line this game. We're really excited for this one. We will be off in time to definitely watch it. And obviously, there's a lot of rain going around the country. We're experiencing here. We're glad that we're not here. I don't know what the status of tomorrow might not rain tomorrow. But the fact that we're in a dome and up there, I think we're looking good. So it'll all be good going into tomorrow night, Noah. So final thoughts. Yeah, it's a it's a big time game. This is a statement game. This is um, we know this team's battling for a playoff spot like they always are. So um, we're gonna be focused going in there and get a win. This is a big time victory, not only for us, but it'd be a big time victory for them. That'd be back to back top ten wins for them. So that would implement them and punch their ticket to the playoffs pretty much because they're going to handle business down the road. So, uh, big-time game. Our boys are going to be focused. We know that. Coach Hill's going to get them ready. So, hopefully Nick Baker shows us what he can do like he did at South Dakota State and continues to get better. Show we show what we can do off a bye week, see our freshness, and hopefully we're ready to go. Not Not a slow start off the bye week.
Yeah, and we recall exactly. They killed preaching and even Branson Combs saying that this was a much needed. A lot of guys have been taking a lot of snaps this year. So the bye week came at a perfect time as we've been talking about. And yeah, you and I just would think it would prevail us in the playoff, like almost cement us a playoff spot. And then also it would sink officially you and I. So like we've been saying a lot on the line this week, we're hoping we can get it done. We cannot wait to talk about this one on Monday. Hoping that we can get the job done. So for Nick Malone. No alerts. This was the Dogs Football Podcast. Until Monday. Go dogs.